Appreciate the Lord. The name is, is Sister Zoe. The same name as Brother Grace's uh, wife. Amen. Amen. So we appreciate the Lord for, for that. The, the Bible says the children are the heritage from, from the Lord. Amen. Let us turn our Bibles to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Are we ready to read it? says, let us not be weary in well-doing. Let us not be weary in well-doing. Are we living during times where people are becoming weary in doing the right things? Amen. For in due season we, sh- we shall reap. We faint not. Amen. In due season, we shall reap. But we live during an era where people would want to reap without sowing. We live during an era where people, uh, some would want to be paid without working. Amen. It's a, it is a, an era of uh, everything for Mahala mentality. No effort, but expectations of rewards. Do you agree with me? Amen. Amen. Now, let us go to the book of Matthew. Chapter 6, verse 24. Matthew Matthew 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters. Serving two masters will confuse you because you never know where to go to claim your reward. And it compromises how you serve. Because you cannot serve, uh, you cannot, you cannot serve more than 100%. So, uh, if you serve one master sixty percent, another one will get forty percent. So it's going to be a half done job. For either 
he will hate the one. And love the other. So you cannot love them equally. Or else he will hold to the one. And despise the other. You, you cannot serve God and mammon. That means we cannot serve God and serve the world at the same time. Amen. Either we serve one master. Shall we bow our heads? Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate your grace and mercy this morning. A lot of things have happened over the weekend, over the week, but here we are still intact. And I think that deserves a thanksgiving. And many believers have got a lot of things that they can thank you for. David of the old says, I have been a young man and now I'm an old man and I have never seen uh, the righteous being deserted by the Lord. I believe 100% that you are responsible for your own people. Satan cannot help you to take care of your people. You are the one that takes care of your people. And your people this morning, they have come to worship you. They have come to adore you. They have sung songs of Zion. They are not ashamed that they are worshiping you and you are the true and living God. There is no God like you. This I believe there is no God like you. The things that you have done, there is no God that can do them. Because you were there before there were other gods. And actually other gods were made out of creation. You were there before creation. You are the self-existing one. You are sovereign. Dear God, you are the almighty. You filled up all the space and eternity. You are never time-bound, dear God. You are never subjected to limitations of human beings. Lord, you are, you are such a great God. And this morning, for us to have this grand privilege to come and worship you, we consider it to be a privilege indeed. Many people would desire to serve you. They don't know how, but you have given us the revelation of the hour and the end time of how to worship you. We are not ashamed of you, Father. And as you say, he that testifies of you, uh, you will never be ashamed of him before the Father. And this morning, we are not ashamed of you. We bind every spirit in the mighty name of Jesus Christ as we commit the reading of the way to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly as you take your seats. Amen. God bless you. I see the mother to brother, uh, Marcus Masuma. Uh, we are happy to see you, Mama. God bless you. Welcome. Just a round of applause for her. Uh, she is as well my, my mother. Amen. She is one of the women that have raised us when we were still youngsters. Amen. 
So we are, I think they are proud to see us still holding on. Amen. Still holding on. Now, this morning, I, I was thinking or meditating on a thought uh, that for, for one to be a husband, there's got to be a standard that one meets to be a husband. Not everyone qualifies to be a husband. Not everyone qualifies to be a husband. Are there husbands that qualify here this morning? Then I wonder where are you when we say that? Because if if you say not everyone deserves to be a champion, the champion is the first one to say that that's right. Uh, but uh, those that are not champions, then they look the other way around. Not every man qualifies to be a husband. Amen. Not every man qualifies to be a husband. I will not move until men are here. Not every man qualifies to be a husband. Amen. Are you with me? Not every woman qualifies to be a wife. That's much better, sisters. At a first attempt. Not everyone qualifies to be a message believer. Not everyone qualifies to be a pastor. Not everyone qualifies to be a church of God. Then if we agree that not everyone qualifies, therefore what qualifies one? There's got to be something that qualifies a person to be something. Now, the when, when, when we deal with what, what, what qualifies a person to be something, uh, the English speakers will say there's got to be objectivity. It must be something that is objective, that everybody can agree that this is, this is the standard. Amen. Now, every human being was created by God. Every human being was created by God. Some by perfect will, some by permissive will. But every human being was created by God. Now, if every human being was created by God, God has got to be the one that sets the standard. Are you with me? And if God sets the standard, that means everyone must adhere to the standard that God has set. Now, I want to speak about refusing to lower the standards. Refusing to lower the standards. Amen. We live in a, we live in a, um, I had attended a, a presentation of different schools, uh, of different, it was different schools around Whitbank 
that were presenting uh, uh, different high schools, and every principal had to come. Patriot was there, Herzog was there, uh, Whitbank High was there, uh, Kuro was there, uh, St. Thomas was there, everybody was there. And obviously, that was a moment for everybody to blow their own horn. One thing that was common about those principles, they said, let it be known that we do not accept everyone. Hallelujah. They say, let it be known that we do not cure. When the cure speaker stood there, he said, it must be known we don't accept anyone. St. Thomas speaker says, we don't accept anyone. Now, and I, I, was, I was sitting there and, and, and watching, even the Whitbank principal was there. He said, and I think that principal deserves, I had to give him a handshake. He deserves a handshake for turning around that school. Amen. It's one of the best schools now. If you didn't know, at least you knew from church. Now, what happened, even he himself, he said, guys, uh, we were known to be the last resort that you try other schools, and once they have not accepted you, you come to Whitbank High. We don't accept everyone as well. Now I'm sitting there say all the schools in Whitbank are saying they don't accept everyone. What is the problem? But no one was offended of the audience members that were there. But if a church can say we do not accept everyone, people's hearts are going to be broken. The reason is because the reason they say we don't accept everyone is because they've got a standard. And for you to be accepted, you've got to meet the standard. So they are trying to drive a point that we are not going to change our standard to accommodate you. You've got to change your ways to meet our standard. And I say, God, give us churches that can speak like that. That can say, we've got a standard. We will not change the standard. You've got to change to meet the standard. Are you with me? God is not going to change the weight to suit you. You've got to be changed to suit the weight. How many agree with me on that one? Now, we live during a time of standardless society. As I said the other time, you could characterize this period like the, during the time of judges where every man did what was right uh, in his side. And I was very much impressed with a certain denominational minister that was being interviewed on radio. And he was asked that you do not approve of homosexuals. Then his answer was, remember... I cannot stop you from being a homosexual. But it doesn't mean that I need to be happy that you are one. Uh, Hallelujah. It wasn't such a profound answer that he gave. And he says, therefore, as much as you choose to be one, don't be offended when I choose not to be happy for one. Uh, Are you with me? But uh, we live during a time where 
everyone wants to impress everyone. And that is why we've got a standardless society. Now, if you speak, and every time I got a chance to speak to people that are busy with their own things, I tend to ask a lot of questions to know what is happening. Uh, do you agree that in our time, standards have dropped? Yes. Young ones, maybe let's, let's just see, uh, show you how things used to be done. Brother Rum says, in the olden days, when a lady went past, men used to take off their hat to show that they are gentlemen. Today, when she walks past, they whistle. Yes, they are equally responsible because of the way they dress. But you as well, two wrongs don't make right. Hallelujah. A son of God is a gentleman. A son of God has a respect for himself, self-respect, and a respect for the other person. Elders, are you here? We live during a time, the other time I had been requested to go and fetch certain kids, and they got into the car. None of them greeted me. And because they jumped into the car, I did not start the car. And I as well did not speak. Now we waited, we waited. After a while, they were looking at me. And uh, I think right there, it dawned on them that uh, do we start by asking him, are we not leaving, or do we regret him? Then one of them said, uh, how are you? I said, "Uh, sure, I'm fine. Then uh, I said, uh, you are wondering that why I'm not moving is because you have not greeted me, so I assumed that because you did not see a human being, therefore no human being must drive a car. (laughs) Why our children behave this way? They don't know the weight, please. They don't know the weight, please. They don't know the weight, I'm sorry. There There is a certain entitlement mentality to them because I had come to fetch them I must fetch them whether I like it or not whether they greet me or they don't greet me uh, uh, it doesn't matter and that is the kind of people that or young people that we are raising what troubles me is that it is not only confined in the world even in the message we have such an attitude Uh, Are you you with me? Uh, Do you allow me to preach this morning? Uh, I hope you allow me to reset things uh, so that uh, things can be orderly. I know a lot of people uh, that do a lot of things. Look, I'm a preacher. I'm a preacher. Amen. So, uh, if I say something you don't like, it is meant to be like that, because I'm a preacher. Amen. If it makes you uncomfortable, it is fine. So, uh, you know, I cannot be afraid to preach because 
of how people may feel. I must preach the truth irrespective of how people feel so that you correct something. Amen. Are we together? If you are looking for a church that praises you all the time, you are at the wrong church. Amen. Here sometimes we, we really, really make you uncomfortable. Sometimes you'll be upset, but it is part of growing. Are we together? Now, every time I meet a lot of brothers and sisters that are responsible or doing whatever, I always ask them, I was asking Brother Sbu, sorry to pick you up on, on you, Brother Sbu. I was at his house and I said, Brother Sbu, in your environment, you are a leader. Uh, is it easy to hire a believer? Then uh, I could see that he had a lump in his throat. Uh, you'll bear with me, Brother Sbu, Then because I knew the answer, then to him it was saying, it, it can be easy, I can try it, but the problem in our era, even in the message, people have got an entitlement mentality. He says, and I, I share the same sentiment, I'm not using him to preach the uncomfortable truth. That's exactly what I share with him. Now, he mentioned that a lot of times when people are, are in the church, they expect it to be de- treated differently from a person that is not in the church. So they expect that because they know you from church, they can work half day. But somebody that is not from church must work 24 hours. Believers, hear me out and rip to my lips. It is utter nonsense. I will repeat, it is absolutely utter nonsense. When you are a believer, you must have a strong work ethic. You are the one that must lead by example. You are the one that must show the other employees that we don't steal time of the employer. I hope there are no thieves of time in the church this morning. Yes, I'm going to go into the basics. If you, lunch is one hour, you go for two hours, you have stolen an hour. That hour we can go convert it into money, you have stolen money. You have been dishonest. Hallelujah. And we, message believers, we must, we must aspire to the highest standards of everything. Because we must lead by example. I say, we must lead by example. Are you still with me? Now, let me read a quotation. Uh, So that we are on the same page in the message, the Hebrews. Paragraph 8. Uh, paragraph 8, he preached this on the 21st of August 1957. Does it come? 1957, the others were just going to go very fast, but this one, I want somebody was telling me that if they see it, they don't forget it. 
Amen. Are we on slow mode today? Lucky. It's the book of Hebrews. Oh, I'll read. He said, I said, that's the only way you can do a right kind of a job for the Lord is put everything you got right to the forefront for Christ. That's the only way. That's the only way you can do a right kind of a job for the Lord is to put everything you got right to the forefront for Christ. All your strength, all your soul, all your heart, all your mind, everything that you've got. When you are doing anything, do it right or don't do it at all. Are you with me? If you are doing something, do it right or don't do it at all. But we are living during a time where people are used to substandards. Brother Masuma would know we've got what we call the South African Bureau of Standards. The reason you've got South African, that means they, they come and test your product and after they give you a stamp that you can put on every product that it says approved by South African Bureau of Standards. That means they are giving you the confidence that the product has been tested and if it is produced, it is produced in the right manner. Here is my question to you. Has God put the Bureau of Standard on your service? I will ask the question again. Has God put the approval of standard on your service to him? When you are doing anything, do it right. Or don't do it at all. Just leave it alone. If you are going to be a Christian, put everything that you've got to Christ. That's your time, your talent, and everything. Are you still with me, people? I hope we are together here. Then Brother Ram say, I just noticed in this young fellow, that's the wife to Brother Benz, is it? That playing and singing there, that young couple. And isn't a piano, neither is it an organ, but it's some kind of an instrument. They make a strum, eat and pick it, eat, pick it and do something for the Lord. Maybe you could do that and sing, and that's win soul. Do something, no matter. If you can whistle, well whistle. Just do something. Just testify or do something for the kingdom of our God. Whatever you've got, put it to the use in God's service. Can I get an amen on that one? Brother, let me say, if we are to do something, we've got to do it right, or we must not do it at all. Are we together? This morning, if I've got to preach to you, I must do it right or I must not do it at all. Are we together? That means God does not appreciate mediocrity. God does not appreciate substandard. God appreciates diligence. Can I get an amen on that one? 
are we together? I know it's another sermon that you may be used to the church. In the church, they just say, ah, as long as you are trying, it does not work like that. Amen. Hallelujah. In the Lord, you are not trying. You give your very best. Amen. Are we together? Amen. That means, if we say you are giving your best, that, that means there must be a sacrifice. I believe that when you come to church, you are not coming because you are bored. I believe that you could be at other places. But you thought that God deserves what? The best. And you thought that it is responsible for you to give him the best. But a lot of times we are not giving God the best. We give what remaineth. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Now, let's come to this message, lifting him out out of history. Paragraph 20, I was quoting these things on Wednesday. I did not know that we had visitors from another Eighth Messenger Church. Now, after the service, I was cornered. Don't, don't leave the pastor behind on Wednesday. Amen. I'm glad Brambayana didn't leave. He was roaming around here. Amen. Make sure that the pastor is safe. Now I had two agents in my office. They came. Then I greeted them. Then one, they introduced themselves. I say, brothers, we are very happy to have you in the area. Then they said, you just tell the church that you don't believe in evolution. I said, I was not just telling the church. I'm ready even to tell you now. I don't believe in evolution. You remember I said it's the dumbest religion. They say, how can you say you don't believe in evolution when Brother Bram says he believes in evolution? I say, you have not read your spoken word. Brother Bram say, I believe in the real, real evolution that a dog comes from a dog. But I say, I don't believe that a human being comes from an ape. I say, that one, I don't believe it. It is of the devil. You go and study your spoken weight. Then they said, then, but who's the man of the hour now? I said, whoa, I really, really found him. They looked at me. I said, you see, I found him. They said, who's he? I said, let's go right at the beginning. Jesus, when Brother Branham was here, the voice at Ohio River, what did it say? As John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ. Amen. Your message shall forerun his second coming. Amen. Then I said, I have heard the message. It has led me to the one that spoke at Ohio River. Amen. The one that came after Brother Brenham is Christ himself. Amen. Okay, now it was getting very heated. <laughs> then they said... But if you found him, why is the church not a very big church? I said, the Pope has got a bigger church than where you guys come from. He's got one billion. So if you judge the truth by the number of people, you must give the Pope a chance. You give him the benefit of doubt. Okay, now it was getting, it was getting very, very... Then I said, brothers, uh, I've got to be rude to be kind. You need to know, here we don't believe nonsense. 
My wife doesn't like it when I say nonsense. Nonsense doesn't mean it. It means it, does, it, it makes no sense. Yeah, go and tap it on the table, spoken with, and say nonsense. Brother Branham spoke it many times. So I say, here, we don't believe nonsense. This thing that there is somebody coming after Brother Branham is nonsense. And you need to know that here, we don't believe nonsense. And they looked at me. I said, what does the scripture say? At that day, you shall know that I am in the Father, the Father in me, and I in you. He said, I will be with you and even in you until the end of the world. I said, the church is now under the caretaker of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But yet the message of the prophet is still taking care of the church. We are not looking for a new man. We are not looking for a new message. We are not looking for a new gospel. We are not looking for a new spirit. We are fine. Are you still with me? Then they say, you know how when people want to scare you, they say, between us and the Lord, I say, the Lord will not be part of this nonsense. What you are trying to tell me, it is not authenticated. Are you here, church? If you really admire another man somewhere to be an eighth messenger, you are in the wrong church. Brother Abraham say the Lord himself, Christ is the mystery of God revealed. The Lord himself is in the church making himself known. Who? The Lord himself is in the church making himself known. I said, you, what, what you teach can never convert a person from the streets. That is why you are looking for message churches to so confusion because you cannot pull a man from the street with this junk. Yeah. Folks, there are times where you need to take your sword out and stand for the truth and people must know where you stand. Can I get an amen on that one? We are not going to be wishy-washy about the message. The only person that deserves our worship is the Lord Jesus Christ. And furthermore, even Brother Brenham, we are not worshiping Brother Brenham. And we will never worship Brother Brenham. But we worship the one that the prophet introduced in the end time. And it is the Lord himself. Don't be a cheap Christian where you just worship everything that moves along. Am I clear? Amen. And I, somewhat I, I was amazed. I was talking to Brother Philip Mafokaza. Uh, and he says, brother, it's very, pastor, it's very weird that these gentlemen, they are coming after the two Sundays you have been preaching against this spirit. I say, don't worry, they must be listening to us. Yeah. So now they didn't get it on tape, they got it right face to face. Uh, amen. We're not going to play gimmicks with this message. Believers, we're not going to play gimmicks with this message. People's lives depend on this message. Amen. Uh, you're still with me. And at some point in time, I, I, I should have told them that you guys need to organize a convention and decide who's really the eighth messenger because it's many of you. And leave us to follow what Brother Brenham put us here, gave us. Amen. Lifting him out of history, paragraph 20. Brother Brenham says, We have tried everything that's seemingly humanly possible to make it last just a little longer. But I believe that we are just running out. I don't believe that there is anything else that we can do about it. 
we are just at the end of it. We tried for a while on having kings. They wouldn't work. Then they tried democracy. It doesn't work. They've tried dictators. It doesn't work. And each one seems to get just a little bit shallower each time. Now we stand at the great moment when anything could happen. It could be over in five minutes' time that every nation would be laid to powder. And if we are at that time, where ought the church to be? A great crisis. Brother says, a great crisis. Now, he starts here. Then also, we have a home life crisis. It seems like that home life is running out into a shallow water. It used to be in a home that father, the head of the house, would sit down of a morning and he would speak with his family and they would all take out the old family Bible and read just a little bit and all gather around the table and have prayer. You don't see that no more. When the day was done and Ma had the dishes washed, they would all gather in and read some more of the Bible and pray before going to bed. Juvenile delinquency certainly was a hard thing to find in them days. The boys all went to the fields to work and the girls helped mom with their washing down at the creek. But today we just push a little button and the dishes are all done. And Ma is in the car, gone to the cart party or rating around over the streets. And the work is done by a tractor. We just don't have nothing but just a bunch of lazy, idle people. Do you get where he's talking about? Things have become easier. But this has created a decay in the end time. I am continuing on the very same spoken word, paragraph 24. And home life is so neglected till the Bible is laid back, till they would have to hunt for, a, for an hour to find one in many homes in America. And this morning I can say in that bank. They go to church on Sunday morning for their religion for about 20 minutes. And if the pastor takes about 30 minutes, he's called on the board. What is it? Home life is running out. Verse 20, paragraph 25. It used to be that father and mother loved and honored and cherished one another. It used to be that the father and mother loved and honored and cherished one another. When she was old and gray and wrinkled up and her poor old face all drawn up and her glasses hanging down over her nose, Pop loved her just as well as he did when she was young and pretty. But today, I don't mean to be critical, but when she gets a little old, he just swaps her for a new model. There it is. Prophet is speaking about it. As she ages, he looks for a younger one. It seems to be like that way, like swapping cars or something. It seems like that the real family love 
don't exist much. Just something has happened. Home life is running out. We don't have the old American home as we used to have long years ago. Can I get an amen here? And brothers, the Bible says rejoice with the wife of your youth. This, this is normally happens to the people that are very shallow, people that do not have standards. Because the poor wife, you had nothing, you worked together and built things together, and while you think you are accomplished, then you leave her to get a model. But let me tell you, that model is going to cause a heart attack for you. Amen. Amen. These things that have got to be spoken. I just got a text from a young girl. She's out of the country. She told me, I know the parents, and say, Pastor, I think the man did not have told you, uh, but this has been kept under wraps. Mom and dad had been separated for three years. And says, I don't even go to church. My heart is broken. And folks, I'm not talking out there. I'm talking here. We cannot allow things to be like that. I say we cannot allow things to be like that. Amen is half of the church. We cannot allow things to be like that. We have a standard that must be adhered to. Are you with me? Let's continue. 27. There is another thing that I would like to say. That is another thing running out. Is friendship is running out. It don't seem like we have the friends that we used to have. The friends that we are not, the friends that we have are not loyal friends like we used to. That's your prophet. And these days, people, because everywhere you go, every person tells you, me, I don't have friends. And when you check what happened, they've been disappointed. They've been betrayed by friends. But Brother Bram says, friendship is a gift from God. Uh, Why? Why is this a gift from God? Your friends is the somebody that you confine in. And you tell them about, you expose your vulnerability to. It's not somebody that later when they're upset, they use the very information against you. Can I get an amen on that one? I started with the home life. Now I'm going to a friendship. There is somewhere where I'm going. It don't seem like we have the friends that we used to have. And the friends that we have are not loyal friends like used to be. It used to be, I can remember, when someone got sick in the neighborhood, everybody come around and they helped them with all their work and ended ended a, a hand to anything could be done. Are we together? Amen. Those days, and sat up with them all night at a time, as often said, it's true that we hardly know the neighbor is dead until we see it in the newspaper. Friendship, what is it happening? It has gone out into the shallow water. Are you still with me? He said, Papa has a key to the house. 
mama has a key. They both are out and gone half the night. And the children, they don't know where they are. And the little ones are with the babysitter. That's the way life is lived. Do you know the Bible predicts all these things? So what is it then? Is that we are standing in a position watching things run out. Home life running out. Friendship running out. We are going to come to the church life. But I'm say it used to be that when you got sick, then your friends would come over and, and help you with the laundry, help you with the cleaning. It does not happen anymore. What is happening? We live in an era that everyone is for himself. I'm not talking about out there. Now, me, I'm talking to message believers. It is coming a time, we are in an era where it's every man for himself. There's no more fellowship among the brethren anymore. We are now becoming like Lutherans. We just meet on Sunday. I don't know where you stay. I don't know where you come from. Are we together? It has to change. I say it has to change. Amen. Brother says, I'm now in paragraph 30. Church life. Let's, cha- let's take church life. There, there is where it all began. That means the chaos that you see in the home, the chaos that you see in the community, the chaos that you see among friends. But I'm going to say, there is where it all began. Church life is running out. The people just take the church today almost for an idol, idol like a totem pole, go sit in church five minutes and say, I've done my religion and pay your little contribution, whatever it is, to pay the pastor. They don't make that. They have a little supper and make it up to the pastor. And if he unsatisfied, he's all, he holds off to somewhere that will give him a better wage. It seems like the pastor is not divinely called anymore. Just seem like it's begin to be a meal ticket to the pastor. The people who whoever offers him the most money, there he goes. But I'm say it should not be that way. So is the is now is the is the church? The church life is running out. Brother says now, pastors as well, they are no longer divinely called. Now it is about the meal ticket. Where, where is more money? Let me put it this way as uh, Brother Pastor Chitindi really uh, uh, helped me on this one. He told me, say, Brother Madiba, when you are a minister, he's an elder. When you are a minister, learn to respect your post of duty. What is your post of duty? where you minister every day. He says the moment the pastor is not comfortable to preach to his own people, there is a problem. Even in the house, the moment the man is not comfortable to speak to his own wife and he wants to speak to other wives, there is a problem. Are you still with me? That means what does it mean to respect a post of duty? I cannot be gone for three months. I need you to be here respecting my post of duty, being available to serve the people. And furthermore, he says, the reason people are roaming around the world is not because they are ministering, it's because they are collecting offerings. Why? Because wherever they give more money, that's where he goes. 
And that is not how it's supposed to be. And I want to put it on record. If, you, if a minister goes around and never be in church, that church is not going to grow. Amen. I say that church is not going to grow. And when I say in church, it doesn't mean that he ministers all the time. There are times when he sits down and listens to the ministers ministering to check the growth of the church. Can I get an amen on that one? So you are not supposed to be ruled by money when you serve God. This thing, the reason we come every Wednesday, Sunday when we come, is because we are called to do that. I'm not preaching because I'm happy. Even when I'm not happy, I still need to do my duty to the Almighty God. It must be during easier times. It must be during difficult times. It must be during times when I'm happy. It must be during times when I'm sad. Anyhow, it must be unconditional. But we live during a time where people serve God conditionally. Can I bring, come there right a moment? Some people, even when they sing, they think they are singing for us. But they think that if they don't sing, they are punishing us. I'm preaching you, folks. Let me tell you something. If you don't save us, God will raise the creatures out in the jungle to come and do what you were supposed to do. I want to say this to this church so that it understands. No one is indispensable. Starting with Pastor Majib. Me pastoring you as a church, I'm not doing you a favor. If God doesn't want me, he will remove me and raise another man that can do a better job. Why? When he has given me a time to serve his bride, I must consider it a grand privilege and do it with humility and respect because I know who I serve. If somebody, if somebody, I hope it has never happened here, but it doesn't mean that if you become upset with me, I'll stop preaching. Brother, you can say amen. And later, next day, he said that I will never say amen for the whole year. I will preach for the whole year. My preaching does not depend on your amen. Amen. Why? I am called to preach when there is amen. I am called to preach where there are no amen. Amen. And when you want to do something for God and do it meaningfully, learn to serve God without an applause. When David, when David killed the bear, there was no applause. When David killed the lion, there was no applause. There are certain battles that you're going to fight and there will be no applause. But yet, you still need to do what needs to be done. The problem we are living during an era of applauses. If you rely on applauses, you're not going to go far with God. Why? This prophet was not going by applauses. When he preaches the present stage of my ministry, he says, all men have forsaken me. But he says, but God will give me an honor one day to crown his bride, to clothe his bride with the weight of, with the, the rope of righteousness. 
He said, he will allow me to stand that day and say, behold, the Lamb of God. When he was saying that, great men like Brother Bester, great men like the guy that wrote a man's son from God, had left him. Did Brother Brennan stop preaching? He went on. Are you going to stop serving God because somebody doesn't join you? Don't be a cheap Christian. Do it during easy times and during difficult times. But we love applause. Comments after the service. How was it? Oh, brother, you killed it. <laughs> brother Nathaniel, I had a privilege, Kadiwa, I had a privilege to fellowship with you that I fellowship with you will be in trouble today. Then we're just talking. And obviously, they, they, they cherish the legacy of Brother Blessing Chesa. And we're just reminiscing about the good old days and how he used to put them on the straight and narrow. Now, then we somewhat got to speak about music. He's a musician, very talented. Now, then he said, Pastor, let me tell you something. He says, we musicians, we've got a problem. I said, tell me more. He says, if somebody, if you do something musically and somebody comes to you and say, Yo, you are such a blessing. He said, that, ki- that statement kills a lot of musicians. Yeah. He said, from that time, we become puffed up. Yeah. And he said, from that time, we decide if we don't like the sister and she wants to rehearse, we just say we are not available. Yeah. He was speaking to me honestly. He says, those that we like, we make time for them and rehearse with them. He says, complimenting a musician it is very dangerous for their growth. I said, you are telling me something that I don't know. Me, I thought if we go to a person and say, you are a blessing, we're encouraging them that, do more. I didn't know that it cripples a person. He says, no, our ego is just too fragile. Oh, I'm preaching here. Do you allow me to preach here? You are really on the edge of your seat and you make me nervous, but let me preach. Are you with me? Yes. That is why Brothers Busiso would know. I don't know. It must be very difficult to be a choir master. Firstly, you don't pay people to come. It is why it is, it's supposed to be something that comes in them. Um, you know, the Bible says the company, the, the, he that keeps company with wise men becomes what? Yes. Now, here's a problem. Brother Mutlabi, if he's a medical doctor, if he cannot have friends that are medical doctors, he is going to make us look, he is going to be very suspicious. We will wonder why does he not hang around with other medical doctors so that they can speak their own language, they can compare apples with apples. Isn't so? Are you still with me? And if he is with other medical doctors, the moment the medical subject comes up, 
their faces lit up because it is in them. They are passionate about what they do. They can expound on it. If you're an engineer, it's exactly the same thing. You hang out with engineers, a subject comes up, your face lit up, are we together? Now, here's my question. Why you musician in church? Whenever the music subject comes up, you look like you've got a baggage on your shoulders. Why is there no consistency in saving God? Is it a ministry? Is it a showmanship? What is it? Ah, I'm preaching here. Hallelujah. When you serve the children of God, you have to respect them. Because you cannot respect God that you don't see while you fail to respect the people that you see. Are you with me? I ask Brother Spoo a lot of times, I say, what's the business? Sometimes I arrange the hair results, people don't show up. I say, this must be part-time Christians, not full-time Christians. Amen. Amen. Love me or hate me, but the truth shall be told. Let's come to this one. In the message, the testimony of a true witness, paragraph 191, Brother Bram says, a sheep is not asked to bear wool. A sheep is not asked to bear wool. What happens? It just bears wool automatically. Why does it bear wool? It is what? Its own nature. The moment you have a meeting with a sheep, and you ask the sheep that, well, are you going to bear wool? That is not a sheep. Because a sheep will do it anyhow. Are you still with me? He is not asked to manufacture some wool this year. If he is a sheep, he will have wool because he is a sheep. He don't have to say, well, now, I believe I'm a sheep. So I better get, get I better get hurry up around here and get to get some wool for the master. He doesn't have to worry about that. As long as he's a sheep, he will bear wool. He doesn't have to manufacture it. What does it mean? If something is in you, you never get asked to do it. You do it even when somebody does not ask you. But why are we living during an era where people have got to be babied? Why do we live in an era where people, before they do something, they have got to be pat on the back? And let me tell you something. It does not mean, somebody, can, somebody the other time I told him, he said, no, maybe it's because we don't, we don't pay people. I say, Even if you pay them, they will not do it. Uh, how many people go on strike while they are working? Are we together? So it has to be in a person. When something, you see, when you are a nurse and you have been, and being a nurse, it's a gift. I mean, we just heard about a lady where the entire people knocked off. She remained and saved more people alone while everybody had left. And she went on to become a, a, a breaking news because it is unheard of. Well, the colleagues were knocking off. She said, I cannot send these people away. Some of them come very far. Let me help them. What is happening? Nursing is in her. 
if, nurse, if you are there just to call, collect a paycheck, that is why you've got nurses that will shout out, shout at the patients. Yeah. Even some nurses that will even go to an extent of beating up a patient. Why? It's because these people, some of them were meant to be soldiers. They are not nurses. Nothing is not in them. If something is in you, you do it whether it is easier or it is difficult. It's your nature. Brother, if you are a worshiper, we don't need to beg you to come to church. When Sunday comes, there is, there is a certain force within you that say, it's time we go to the house of the Lord. And sometimes you don't want, but there is a certain power that overrules you. But it has to be in you first. How many teachers do we have in the building? How many people that teachers or retired teachers? You're not a teacher? Oh, okay. Or how many no students at the school premises? My brother is a teacher, brother Andrew, Sister Lorraine, she's a teacher, uh, Sister Kosana and Sister Maseko, you used to work with schools as well at some point in time. Amen. I think you must have observed that there are students that come because mom and dad said you must go to school. And a student that comes because mom and dad said, actually, some students, they go to school to be babysit. It's because parents are nowhere, where else they can go. Let them go to school. But there are students that are determined. Somebody was telling me and say, yeah, you see, you need to create a right environment for students there is a young boy. He's, he's busy studying medical, uh, to become a medical doctor at UCT. His mother, they are staying in an informal settlement. The mother is a domestic worker. The boy stays in an informal settlement. He achieved straight A's, but their, their shack does not have electricity. You are sitting where there is electricity. You tell us about the environment. The, the desire to succeed is not in you. Amen. When it is in you, there will not be any stumbling block. Amen. When you've got excuses that you cannot do it, it means from the beginning, it was not in you. Amen. When it is in you, there's English saying, where there is a will, there is a way. But if there is no will, there is no way. Are we together? Well, folks, I'm saying certain things, they come naturally. Amen. 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 And if it is the same way with a student, the same way with a believer. I was speaking to somebody, you'll bear with me, I'm preaching this morning. Somebody said, I was speaking to an old deacon that had been around for a number of years. And he said, Brother Madiba, over the years, we have picked up that when you go to church, he that gets picked up to go to church, they never last. How many people in the building have ever tried to say, I need to pick up somebody, and the day you come there, they say, no, not today. 
it is not in them. But those, I watched, there's a sister that came here with three children. You could see. I mean, she catches a taxi. It must have been two taxis to come here. But she comes. She's here worshiping God. But somebody that a deacon picks up, one day he's nowhere to be found. When something is not in you, it does not matter what we do. It will, you will never manufacture what you don't have. A sheep, if it's a sheep, he will bear wool. Whether the farmer somewhat offended it, it will bear wool. I've heard people that say, ah, me, I'm done with church, they have offended me. I say, God allowed somebody to offend you to check whether you're a real believer. A real believer, when, even when they are offended, they find a way that, ah, it is that sister, but it's not Christ. It is that brother that offended me, but it's not Christ. I'm going to church not to worship a brother or worship a sister. I'm going to worship God. But the one that would want us to have a meeting and say, hey, me, I'm struggling to come to church. They have offended me. From the beginning, it was not in them. Do you know that there are some people that are looking for reasons to no longer worship? Every Sunday they check who can do me what so that I'm God. And when we say, God bless you, brother, we really appreciate you, they say, ah, I did not succeed. <laughs> yes, I know. I've been around here for a long time. I know. I know. Are you here? Amen. Because a lot of times, what we deal with, we think is reasons. are not reasons. Amen. There's an underlying reason. Yeah. The other thing is just a smoke screen. you'll bear with me, I'll give an example again with the choir. If the choir has got a certain routine that we need to practice at a certain time and we need to be here, and I feel that I'm not committed and dedicated, I would come. But when I come, I'm looking for a reason. If Brasbu can say, today you're not singing tenor, you are singing alto. Then I say, ah, that brother doesn't allow me to be me. No, the problem is not that they are moving you to sing alto. The problem is that you are not dedicated. It is not in you from the beginning. You think you are saving brother Sibusi, so not God. Amen. Amen. Are you still with me? And if you want to do something for God, be prepared to do it alone if needs be. I say, if you need to do something for God, be prepared to do it alone, if needs be. Why, why am I saying that? An elder pastor told me the other time, while I was still very young, uh, he said, when he started the ministry, they had a couple in church, a very wealthy couple. And he says, Whatever the church, anything that the church needed to pay, the couple would say, Pastor, don't worry, we'll sort out the bills. They sorted out the bills for the next 12 months, 
And the pastor, you know how they will thank you. Brother, sister, you are God's sent. We appreciate the Lord through you. Then, for some reason, there was a misunderstanding and the, ch- the, the, the couple left church. Now, these are the people that are taking care of the bills. Now, they're leaving church. So, the pastor was quite heartbroken and said, now they are gone. What am I going to do? He says, later, God revealed to him that he is not wrong. And even the couple is not wrong. God removed the couple from him because he was no longer depending on God. He was depending on the couple. Certain people, certain people, God removes them because he wants you to depend on God. If you want to get somewhere with God, learn to worship God alone. If somebody says, me too, you say, God bless you. But if you come with me, let's go. But if you don't come, I'm still going this way. Are you here? The problem we do things by company, and when a company doesn't work out, we give up on God. And God is going to hold us accountable as individuals, not as a group. Are you with me? Where has thy strength gone, Samson? That's the spoken word. The title just suits with my message. Paragraph 6. Samson got into a bad company. You know, Samson got involved with Dalala, uh, and we know what happened there. And you always can remember that when you are, you always can remember that when you are in bad company, you are out of the will of the Lord. Amen. How many know that? Young people here, when you are in bad company, you are out of the will of the Lord. I will say it until young people say amen. When you are in bad company, you are out of the will of the Lord. And friends, as much as friendship is a gift from God, be careful of friends. Some friends don't want you to succeed. Not every friend wishes you the best young person. Some Some they wish you were dead. Some, when you succeed, they get offended. Some are sent by Satan to distract you. Some are demon-possessed. Being in a bad company, you are out of the will of the Lord. How many young people have we lost in the message cycles because of bad company? There is nothing that the devil considers to be more effective for his kingdom than bad company. Are you with me? Samson, and it says, and you always remember that when you are in a bad company, you are out of the will of the Lord. My old southern mommy used to tell me, if you lay down with a dog that has got fleas, you will get up with fleas. You can lay with a dog that has got fleas and we wake up clean. It doesn't work like that. He that is lazy loves the company of those that are lazy. He that complains, love the company of those that complain. He that is blessed, love the company of those that are blessed. Because why? As a person, you want people that can reinforce your belief system. As a young person, I always advise young people, if somebody was ever to make mockery out of, about your God, right there, cut them off. 
catch them, they can never even allow them to recover from that. The moment they say, they say, I'm done with you. But the problem when we allow everybody to come into our inner circle as young people is because we don't have standards. Anyone that can crack a joke deserves to be your friend because you don't have standards. Never be apologetic to have high standards. He that considers you to be a friend, they will amend it to meet your standard rather than for you to lower their stand, your standard. And a lot of times, the people that will disappoint you most are the people that you lower the standard for. Can I get an amen on that one? An employee that you say, hey, this man doesn't qualify, but we've got to make him a favor for him. He is the one that is going to give you a a headache. And you say, but it's not fair. I've tried my best. Don't ever compromise standards. Young girl, if you are to be married, don't compromise the standard. If he talks like a crook, and he sounds like a crook, and he walks like a crook, he's definitely a crook. Are you with me? Don't struggle to find reason that, oh, but there's this concern, but. If there are but, stay away. A young man came to Brother Bram and said, I love this sister. When must I do? Can I marry her? Brother Bram said, can you live without her? The young man said, I can't. He said, then definitely marry her. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. If you lay down with a dog that has got fleas, and young parents, and I know normally when I've got the the team, we normally talk about these things. And allow me to say it, because I'm a preacher, I'm not a politician, I'm a preacher. We, in this country, we've got 17.1 million people that are receiving social grants. 17.1 million that get money from the government. Zimbabwe has got 17.1 million people. So that means every month we are giving a number of people that are equal to the population of Zimbabwe money for just being South African. Yes, within the 17.1 million, there are the people that are sick that deserve it. Amen. There are people that are uh, disabled that deserve it. Yes, there are people that are aged that deserve it. Yes, but there is a big chunk yeah. of lazy young people yeah. that give birth out of the wedlock yeah. to get more money from the government. Yeah. The more children, the more money to buy Brazilian hair. I'm preaching here, people. What is happening? We have a nation that has got a dependency mindset. They cannot look for a job because why? They will get a house free. They will get money every month free. What is happening? 35% of the population cannot be like that. Are you with me? 
our brother was telling me, he says, brother, I asked a certain brother, I say, where is this brother? He tells me, says he's around. I say, where is he working? He says, he's not working. I say, how does this have says, No, he's staying in the house of his father-in-law. I say, really? I say, and then what's happened? He says, no, the father-in-law takes care of them, I say. I said to the brother, I say, I'm glad you are telling me about him. He's not in my church. He was not going to last. Here, your father-in-law will never take care of you. Amen. You must take care of yourself. Yes, we will find job for you to do. If you need to cut grass, cut grass. But have a place, have a certain sense of, of pride and say, I will do things for myself. We do not tolerate laziness, folks. We do not tolerate laziness. Especially when we are message believers. We have more, we have high expectations. And tell me, I will say it. If you are still staying with mama and papa, with beard, you are not going to come into my office and say, I want to get married. You, you are not gone. You will not even try it. Staying with mama and papa, looking for a wife, to stay with a wife, with mama and papa. Never. I will never tolerate that. Never. If half of young men go, let them go. That nonsense here, I will never tolerate it. You must demonstrate that you can provide and be a man with a big bow that can lead to the family and lay down the law that this is how I want my family. Why? Because you provide for them. It's not going to happen. You are not going to marry the wife and use social grant. It will never happen. I will report you to the government that this one does not deserve it. There's a culture. There's a culture that the world is drowning in. We will not allow that culture here. We will never allow it. If mommy and dad have got a big house and they've got a flat at the back, it is for grandpa and grandma, not for you. You must go out. Amen. Amen. As somebody say, you become a bundle of joy in the family up to a certain age. You can't always be a bundle of joy. A bundle of joy with some beards. No, no, no. no, no. We don't allow that. We don't allow that. Amen. You just can associate yourself with the things of the world and expect to stay spiritual and humble before the Lord. You are known by your company. 
There is an old saying, show me your company, I will tell you who you are. Show me your company, in no time I will tell you certainly who you are. When the church begins to keep company with the world, then it's no more than the world. It gets out of the fellowship with the Holy Spirit and gets out of the company of God and of angels and of God's heritage when it begins to flit as Samson did. This prophet, and this quotation, I'm going to read it. I really, really salute and appreciate what Sister Josephine and Sister Bianca are doing with the library. I think uh, at the risk of blowing our own horn, we are one of the best effective library, the most effectively run library that I know of. They are running it very, very well. They don't run. Dealing with people is difficult. At no point in time, they never broke down and say, Me, I don't feel like doing it anymore. They just do it year in, month in, month out. And, and we need such commitment and dedication. Not only them, you look at the likes of Brother Mandla with the sound team. Absolutely. Brother Fanny, Brother Lucky dedicated brothers, Busi, so I mean, these guys uh, I, I see them talking, what needs to be done how must we do it, and I, I see nothing but excellency Amen. they desire to give the very best that they can give, and that we certainly want to that Amen. now this quotation is no reflection to the library. We don't have that issue. But I want to show you the obsession, for a lack of a better way, of Brother Brenham with excellence, of <clears throat> making sure that whatever he does, there is quality. The message, and the reason I'm reading that, I'm saying, I need to cultivate a culture of rejecting substandard things. Just rejecting and say, this is too substandard. We can do better. Uh, in the message, church order, paragraph 116, <clears throat> it says, now, these people paying for these tapes Brother Rem had received a complaint that there was poor quality with the tape. And it says, now these people paying for these tapes should get a genuine tape. I don't care what they have to do to get it. We want to see our customers, Brahman called believers customers here. <clears throat> our customers and our brothers, which they are our customers, our brothers. They must have an A number one tape, meaning an A grade. Now you see, trustees, see to that, that these people are satisfied. If not satisfied, their money must be returned to them immediately. 
If it's substantive, Brahman says, take it back, refund, it gets done. Are we together? I'm, I'm, not, I'm saying it does not, it's not a reflection on the Labras, the Bianca and sister Josephine. Don't even be nervous about this. Now, when, they, when them, the tapes begin to pile up, boxes of them and letters by the dozens pouring in, it doesn't fall back to the tape maker. It falls on me. They are always bowling me out about it. Now, it's my duty as a Christian to see that the people get what they pay for. And I want you trustees to see that they get it. If they have to charge more to get a better tape, get a, a better machine, we want somebody to make that tape who makes it right. That's our interest. The tape must be made right. If the customer must be satisfied, the customer must be satisfied or stop the whole tape thing altogether. We won't have no motives, but just let anybody make them that wants to. But if they are going to charge for them, let them see that they get what they paid for, because that's Christianity. When they come here to listen to the gospel, I want to give them the best that I know how to give them. And when they come here, I want you to see that every person and everything is carried on. That's the reason I'm telling you, deacons, trustees, and pastors, here to know that you must carry this out. Excuse me. You must carry this out to the letter. Because the people are coming here to find God. And we've got to have things in order. And also the tapes must be put into the place. If they have to charge more, if, they, if they've got second class tapes and they are, they are running, then they get better tapes. If they have to charge more for them, Charge more for them. Let the person get what they charge for. Amen. What does Brother Brahmi say? Don't do, in Africans, what do you call it? Mag plus. Maga plus. Maga plan. We don't want mag plus. We don't want that. We don't want substance. Everything must be ordered. Everything must be quality. Are we together? Can I get an amen from the church? Amen. Amen. The message, water from the rock. Paragraph 94. Brother says, don't try to get somebody else's calling. Don't try to get somebody else's calling. That means what you do, you've got to be called to it. Are you with me? Don't plan. If, if you are, if, if, uh, I, 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 I tried to be a song leader, uh, I still think I was the best, but the church said, no, I cannot be one. So I, I'm shying away from that because I'm not called for that. Are we together? So any person, you are called to do something. People, I don't know whether you consider... When we speak about a calling, if I was to use a, a layman's term, it's like God handpicked you as an employer and say, you will do this assignment for me. If you can be so diligent for your earthly employer, how much more about God himself? Amen. Can I get an Amen. 
Uh, no one in this church, no one has ever come into my office and said, Pastor, hey, I'm about to be fired because I'm a late comer. Never. That means every person here that is employed, they go to place, they go to work early. If you come to uh, uh, work late, what must happen to you? You promote them. What do you do? You fire them. Okay. The employer fires you. But what happens when you come late to church? What happens? Folks, if you've got a role to play in church and you come late, you are showing disrespect to the believers and to God. And somebody might not say, he's picking on me. It starts with me. In my house, I'm the one that goes in slow motion. My wife goes faster. She also tells me, we've got to get to church on time. I need the children to be in the Sunday school. So I'll rush up and down and make sure that we arrive on time. She's the one that is driving the time factor in the house. Uh, Now, if we come late, are we going to have a Sunday school? Who will attend the Sunday school? Hallelujah. Is the Sunday school going to be effective? Are we going to blame the Sunday school teacher that uh, she's not doing her job? Who must take responsibility? The parents must take responsibility. If you don't come on time to bring your child to church on time so that she can be in the Sunday school, you are actually sabotaging our Sunday school teacher. You are making her to produce what she does not want to produce because of your lack of commitment and dedication. She has not said, I must tell you, least somebody say, she contributed to the sermon. I'm, I'm still responsible for the Sunday school. The pastor is responsible for the Sunday school. Can I get an amen? amen. How many parents in the church are taking their children to school late? Why are you taking your children early to school but late to Sunday school? Are you seeing that you, you are instilling a certain behavioral pattern that God is not important? The church, the the, uh, the, 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 the things that have got to do with God are not important. But the, the very child that is in your car, that you are driving very slow late on Sunday, on Monday you even get a spinning ticket because you want them to arrive early at school. What kind of a hypocritical life is that? And you want to tell us that you are taking God seriously? And you expect God to take you seriously? Something is seriously wrong? Can we allow a moment of an amen? Amen. 
Are you still with me? Stay. Uh, Stay in your calling. If you are a housewife, remain a housewife. If you are called to be a housewife, remain a housewife. You know how do you know that you are not called for something? When you are busy doing it and you complain that why don't people do it? If you are a wise wife and you complain that why sisters don't become a wise wife, you were not called to be one. That's why you are complaining. If you were called, you were going to do it, irrespective of who says what. If you, whatever God has called you to do, just remain there. He knows where to put his hand on you and use you. Are you with me? I'm not a deacon. I cannot be a deacon. There are deacons that are called and ordained to be deacons. I cannot be a trustee. I've seen ministers, pastors in the message have created such a mess of trying to be a pastor and a trustee at the same time. It does not work. There is a, there is a reason why there is a trustee and there is a reason why there is a pastor. Are, are, are you with me? However, as much as you, you can say I'm not a trustee, but I'm still accountable. I may not be responsible for it, but I'm accountable for it. Yes. Are you with me? Yes. But I cannot. I, I know some churches these days that are operating without trustees. I say, I always ask some pastors, where are you going with this thing? Why, why, why do you want to be a jerk of all trades? Are they not creating a mess? Because in no time, they get entangled in money issues. In no time, it get entangled in women issues. Amen. I hope we are together. Now, in the message, the believer's position in Christ. If you get what I'm saying, I just say, be original in what God called you to be. Amen. Because if you are not original, you impersonate somebody, you don't have the qualities that that person has. Now, Brother says in this message, Believer's Position in Christ, paragraph 11. As full gospel people, I think, I think I have made mistakes by looking into the weight and say, God said this. And we failed to find the direct revelation of our life to fit in that program. So, Brahman says, somebody can just pinpoint something and say, but God has said, we must have this. Therefore, I am one. Failing to understand that it could be in the way, but not applicable to you. You still need to find a direct revelation from God as to where do you fit in God's program. Are you still with me? Now it says, we failed to find the direct revelation of our life to fit in that program. When we find that, then it's got to happen. I think that there is where it has been failed. Many times people go out and see an evangelist, like for instance, our brother Billy Graham. What good would it do for me to try to be like Billy Graham? I couldn't do it if I had to. I've got a ministry that I've got to take care of. And the next man's has got his ministry. And each one has got a ministry. Even to the housewife has a ministry of ministering the word of God. Now, if I try to impersonate Mr. Graham, 
I would find myself in trouble right quick. Because he is smart, shrewd, educated, a real preacher. Well, I'm not. Well, maybe if Mr. Graham tried to find himself impersonating me, he would be in trouble too. So there you are. So you can't do that. We've got to know what God has revealed to us to do. Brother Graham is doing that. God has revealed to him a worldwide revival. And he's making a good show of it too. I appreciate him. And I'm trying my best by the revelation that God has given me to minister to the sick people to do what he told me to do. Do you get it? Brother Brown say, I don't need to be like Billy Graham. I don't need to, to preach like Billy Graham. I need to be who I am. Are you with me? That is why. Remember I told you the other time about the two hunters that had put the zebra costume. And they were pretending uh, that they were a zebra. And they were moving around zebras. The zebras were misled that, ah, uh, this is a zebra. And they were moving around the zebras. Then a lion, a lion came and ch- charged towards the zebras. Now, the other zebras, because when you are a zebra, you need the speed of a zebra. You need to jump like a zebra. But when you pretend to be a zebra, you can't jump like a zebra. You can't run like a zebra. The lion caught up with them. And it ripped apart that costume. They were almost killed by that lion. What saved them is because there were people taking a video. They were able to use guns to chase away that lion. What does it mean? Don't pretend to be what you are not. Because if you pretend to be a policeman, I with me. The other time, some years back, my friend, I had a very a colleague that was very playful. Now, we're driving, we're driving a white Toyota Corolla, and we're in Mamiloji. So we found a man that was driving the 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 municipal truck that collects garbage. So he had parked right in the middle of the road. So I overtook him. As I was about to pass, my friend said, stop. So I thought he knew the driver. Then he unwind the window and said to the driver, human, you cannot park here. Do you want me to arrest you now? I can give you a ticket. And remember that one time, the police were using a white Corolla and were using a white Corolla. Now, his expectation was that the driver was going to be uh, afraid. Goodness. The driver looked at him and said, you are not going to take chances with me. The taxi drivers are doing that. You have never caught one. Leave me alone. Now, from pretending to be a policeman, because now if you are a policeman, then you need to go out and arrest the guy. But because he was not a policeman, he was just camouflaging. When the challenge came, he, cannot, he did not rise to the occasion. When you challenge Satan, be really sure who you are. Because Satan will hit your heart. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. We now, this in closing, let's, in the message, the resurrection of Lazarus, 
Bram says, now notice, the angel of God will perform his weight. He will bring his weight to pass regardless. When the season comes, harvesters arrive, God is going to send his way and perform things. I believe that God is going to call people out of the Gentiles for his name in this great latter movement here of a revival ship in the nation. If the holiness people don't want it, he will raise it up out of something else. It's got to be. It's got to come. He's able of these stones to rise children unto Abraham. What's the matter? We have let down bars, compromising. An old minister used to sing, we let down the bars, we compromise with sin, we let down the bars, the sheep got out. How did the goats get in? You let down the bars. That's what it is, let down on the way. We are getting stiff and starchy and afraid to come back to the old-fashioned gospel, to the old salvation that makes you clean up and fix up and make right and come before God. That's what's the matter with the church today. We need a revival. We don't need a new seminary. We don't need new preachers. We don't need new church buildings. We need a revival in what we have. That's what it is. We have a message. We need a revival of what we already have. Don't lower the standards. God bless you richly as I stop right here. Amen. Shall we stand? <clears throat> Let's sing a, a worshiping song. How many agree that we must never lower the standards? Amen. You'll bear with me of coming a bit hard, but it has sometimes it has to be done this way so that we don't let down the bus. The greatest, the greatest uh, enemy against the church in the end time is two demons. A demon of apathy. Apathy means indifferent, lack of interest. People are beginning to be apathetic towards the word of God. The second demon that is troubling the church in the end time is complacency. Complacency means that we are at Gadish Baniya. We cannot move forward. We are fine where we are. We cannot grow. We cannot power ourselves more into the way we are fine. Never be complacent. Never be apathetic. Even in your family, the moment that demon of apathy sets in, everybody becomes careless. Everybody loses interest in what needs to be done for the family. Refuse to be apathetic. Refuse to be complacent. Always push yourself. There are still new grounds that must be covered. And God has never celebrated cowards. He has always, always celebrated the people that can push and move forward. God bless you richly. Let's sing a new worshiping song, Brother Masuma.
to trust in Jesus this morning. I have learned to trust in Jesus. 
There is a deep inside us to respond, O oh Father. And O oh God, O oh Lord Jesus, as we are hearing these words, O oh God, the burden that we have, O oh Father God, through the pastor, O oh Father, of uh, a people that are lowering their standards, O oh God. We just pray, O oh Father, that you may remember us, O oh God. We do not want to have any standards lowered, O oh Father, but help us, Father God, to lift up the standards, O oh God. Even as they were preached by the prophet, O oh Father, Lord Jesus, we want to hold, O oh Father God, Lord Jesus, our standards higher, O oh Lord, that we may be able, O oh Father, to look, O oh Father God, Lord, at the spoken word, O oh God, and at our lives, O oh Father God, to see them, Father, telling, O oh Lord. Help us, O oh Father God, if there is any way, O oh Father, in our lives, O oh Father, where we have let down the bars, O oh God, we have been spoke, we have been told, O oh Father God, from the house life, lives, O oh Father God, homes, O oh God, where we live, O oh Father. Some, Father God, the standards they've lowered, O oh Father. Even at our places of work, O oh Father, maybe we used to testify to show that we are Christians, O oh God. But, O oh Father, some of some people, O oh God, the standards they've lowered, O oh Father. Even here at church, O oh God, there are things that we used to do, O oh God. But, O oh Father, because of getting used, O oh Lord Jesus, the standards they've lowered, O oh Father. But, God, here you are. You come, O oh Lord Jesus, to remind us, O oh God, that we are not the same, even though we are living in this world, O oh God, where people are doing things that the way that they want to do, we are not like those people, O oh God. Those people might be our neighbors. We are not like that mean neighbor, O oh Father. We are not like that mean colleague, O oh God. We are different. Friend, oh Father, because there is a calling of the Lord that is within us, oh Father. And here we are, oh God. We humble ourselves, oh Father. We thank you for bringing us to church today, oh God. For you had something special, oh God, to address in our lives, oh Father. You know, Father God, that without virtue, oh God, we won't be able to make it, oh God. And you know what to add in our lives, and you know what to subtract, oh Father. Therefore, we report, oh Father God, to your house, oh God, every day, oh Father, with a burning desire to be changed, oh God. With a burning desire, oh God. 
that if you address your people, oh God, don't leave us without being addressed, oh Father. And we are so privileged, oh God, to know, oh Father, that you care for us, oh Father. As long as you are still speaking, oh God, as long as you are still bringing a change within us, oh God, we know, oh Father, that we, we are privileged, oh God. We know, oh Father, God, that there is something that is being made in us, oh Father, getting ready, oh God, for that great day, oh Father. Oh my God and my Lord, we appreciate the pastor. We thank you for him, oh God. May you restore the virtue that came out of him, oh Father. May you give him strength day and night, oh Father. Inspiration upon inspiration, power upon power, oh God. That he may not be able, that he may not be afraid of anyone, oh Father. Like you are, you, you, you told Timothy, oh God, that whenever he's speaking to people, you, may not, you mustn't look at their eyes, oh God, or, or, or their faces, oh Father, but you must have a burden, oh God, to preach that which you have, you have been assigned by the Lord to preach, oh God. Oh my God and my Lord, we thank you, oh Father, God, to, to, to this morning, oh God, as we go to our places of abode, oh Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit Amen. go with us, oh Father, God. God. May you be with us. May we meditate upon this that has been preached, oh God, Father. May it not be a thing just for the church, oh God, but if in our daily lives, oh Father God, may we be able to live this, oh Father God. May it become part of our lives, oh Father. We thank you, oh God. Go with us to our houses. Give us a victorious week, oh God, as we are sure to meet different challenges at places of work, at schools, anywhere we be, oh Father. As long as it is not in your house, oh God, there are challenges coming our way, oh God. But Father, we have been recharged, oh Lord. Give us that hunger and thirst to dig deeper, oh Father, to read the spoken word, to listen to the word of the prophet, oh God, and to listen to even to these sermons, oh Father God, they will keep us, oh Father God, uh, revived, oh God, that we won't be able to be afraid of the challenges, oh God, but we'll be knowing that there's a God in heaven who cares for us, oh Father. We appreciate, we thank you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. When I remember what the Lord has done, certainly I will never ever go back. How many say, when I remember what the Lord has done, I will never go back. It says no and no and no and no. Emphatically no. I will never go back. Are there people that remember what the Lord has done? The Lord has done something. Egypt, we are not going back. 
We are not going back to Pharaoh. No, 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 no. No, no, no. to sing this one. Say, I remember when he opened the Red Sea, rained the manna, water came from the rock. Therefore, I'm not returning back to the cucumber and the cucumber and garlic of Pharaoh. I'm done. There's a new standard to be adhered to. Neighbors are kind. I love them so dearly. But where could I go but to the Lord?
Jesus, where could we go but to the Lord? God bless you, Brother Joseph. Good to see you. Amen. We are ready for Jerusalem. On the marks, get set, ready, go. Amen. How many are ready? Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week. Till we see you on Wednesday and Sunday, let it be a victorious week. We will kindly advise next week in terms of the logistics around the conferences and communion services. We are just meeting as a body this afternoon. Amen. God bless you, richly. We are ready. 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 Oh, yeah.
Get set, we are in.